Do you know what your partner's up to when you're away and they're all alone? No, what? They're listening to the Screw Podcast, of course. What's that? Mm, sit back, relax, and listen. You're all gasmatics. You're all gasmatics. Sneaking in the back door with dirty magazines. So your mother wants to know what all the stains on your jeans. And you're all gasmatics. You're listening to the Screw Podcast with Felicia Rose and A Love. He's not trusty or dusty this week. We'll give him. We'll give him some oh, slack on that. Hey, fuck yeah. I, I'm nice and fresh this week. Awesome. <laughs> fresh and clean. We got yes. back from the trip, so you're fresh and clean now. You've been sanitized. Renewed. <laughs> um, for everybody listening, we apologize for our couple week long hiatus. We had a lot of stuff going on in our lives and uh shit happens and we hope you still love us and are listening and if you're not go fuck your entire selves anyway so this week we are wrapping up our conversation on masculinity which got pretty hot and heavy between aaron and i we did a deep dive we really looked into what other people think about the topic of masculinity's gender overall especially in the united states and i think that we got some pretty interesting questions out of that that we are now going to direct to a wonderful panel of amazing guests and i'm so excited to introduce all of them to you today right here right now welcome all of our guests hey everybody hey guys so I am going to go through one by one and introduce all of the guests and actually have them introduce themselves. So each one of you, if you could tell us your name, your pronouns, and where you're from, along with one sentence to describe yourself, whatever you think that you would be the best way to describe yourself, please give that to us. So let's start with Blake. Welcome to the show, Blake. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> I feel like we're on radio now. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, my name is Blake. I'm a poet from New Jersey. My pronouns are he, him, they are. I mean, they, well, sorry. That's, uh, <laughs> they are. They are. <laughs> my brain is fried today. Um, okay, my pronouns are she is as well. Yeah. So it's. <laughs> Best thing to describe myself is perpetual slacker and perpetual prick because I'm from New Jersey. So that's how I am. It's a New Jersey thing. Yes. Well, thank you again for coming on to the show, Blake. All right, next up, we have Linwood. Linwood, if you could let us know those few things about yourself. Hey, Felicia. Hey, Aaron. It's so good to be here. Hey, Linwood. What's up? Uh, as Felicia said, my name is Linwood. I'm an entertainer from New York and a drag artist. My pronouns are he, she, they, pretty much anything. <laughs> and uh, I guess the best way to describe myself would be a right-brained idealist. Oh, sexy. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again for coming on the show, Linwood. All right. Next up, we have the lovely Cameron. Greetings and salutations, goofies. Um, <laughs> uh, my name is Cameron Eline Maharet Jarrell, a.k.a. Tranos. I'm from the hellscape known as Rochester, New York, and a sentence that would describe me as man-eating disruptor. Oof. Fuck. Awesome. 
Very sexy. Uh, These are very sexy sentences. Yeah, I know. I, I I like the way you did like ask this question this time, Felicia. It's beautiful. Oh yeah. Well, thank you. Uh-huh. And wrong. finally, thank you, Cameron, for being on the show, of course. And finally, we have the lovely Leon. Leon, tell I, us about yourself. Hey y'all, I'm Leon, uh, co-founding member of the family here at NQO. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. And one sentence that describes me would be a life in constant evolution. Sexy. These are all very sexy. Thank you. Also, where are you from, Leon? I'm originally from Honduras, uh, but grew up in New York City most of my life. So, hablas espanol, mi amor? Oh, sí, mucho. Very soon. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Leon. It's lovely to have you. Gracias. So we're going to jump right in with a list of questions that essentially Aaron and I came up with for our panel based on some of the deeper dives and the deep diving that we did within our own conversations and also the uh, different information that we found out there in books and articles and on the internet. So I am going to let Aaron ask you the first question. Take it away, Aaron. Oh, heck yeah. Okay, so um, <laughs> what uh, we want to ask is, what is the first memory you have of a gender role representation in your childhood? And obviously, this can be positive or negative. Uh, some people's first memories of that are better than others. So um, let's see. Uh, did I pick the person to, to talk? Okay. Yeah, let's yeah. Start, I picked the let's start with Linwood. Well, in terms of masculine representation, I guess the thing that comes to the top of my mind um, would be my father. My my father was uh, an outdoorsy person. He actually was the um, uh, troop leader of our Boy Scout troop uh, growing up. So my dad taught us how to tie knots and sleep in tents outside and cook your own meals under, you know, manly. <laughs> nice. uh, it, uh, dad was a, a man of the woods and someone who worked with his hands and uh, ha- was able to express himself even uh, as a, a straight cis male. And I, I think that's probably sort of the pinnacle of masculinity that I could think of in, uh, in my formative years. Uh, Boy Scouts. That's that's so interesting. Did he also teach you guys how to keep one another from getting frostbite in really cold conditions? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just try to make that dirty, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> I'm dreadful. No, and that's what poor it... Linwood over here is just like, yeah, of course, dumb. My dad <laughs> definitely taught us that. Wow. <laughs> What's about this? I mean, when I when 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 I was in Boy Scouts, we were told to get our first aid merit badge. We had to demonstrate like one of the easiest ways to like if you're stuck in the wilderness and you're cold with little resources, how you warm one another up. You jump into that sleeping bag together in your underwear, and uh, that was a weird lesson to learn in Boy Scouts. Of course, you were a Boy Scout. That's where all of my skills come from. Anyways, Blake, how about yourself? Um, I would have to say my father is the first thing that I would see growing up what masculinity is 
also there's my grandfather's that different kind of generation my mother's father was 30 year army during the cold war and basically that hard-nosed male macho mentality how to be a man how to act like one my mom taught me how to be a strong person my father taught me not what to be because my father wasn't the breadwinner in the household it was my mother and then it was it was going back and forth over time was there a mo- any moment that that felt confusing for you because i'm like thinking the the stuff from did you ever see but i'm a cheerleader there is like a whole like stereotypical guess that they're 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 queer because of right right and growing up in like new jersey everybody you know the father would always be like the worker and the mother would stay at home no it wouldn't it wasn't like that in my household Sometimes my dad was working the night shift or sometimes he was out of work. My mom was always working in the office. So yes, she was the breadwinner, but she also taught me how to be a stronger person. And also my father taught me of what not to be. And yet he was a hard ass on me too as well. Interesting. Interesting. I I wonder if he was a hard ass because he felt some sort of overcompensation need because your mom was the breadwinner during a time when that wasn't there, that there was a lot of things that pissed off my father as I look back. And we always talk about this, like conversations over the last five to 10 years, we always have this conversation. Yeah. Always. So. Yeah. Well, thank you for Thank you for sharing that. Cameron, you're up, up to bat. I would say uh, my first representation of masculinity is a, a, a lot different than everyone else's. If you could hear my voice out there, I am a, a person who suffered at one point from testosterone poisoning and I was born with a twin. Um, so my first representation of masculinity, be it massively toxic, was the constant comparisons to my twin brother. So I had to hear like, why aren't you tough like him or because he was a football player and why don't you like, why aren't you like into girls? Why aren't you talking to girls the way your brother does? Or why do you choose to dress this way, especially being identical twins? So I had to look in the mirror at what was masculine, but it was always constantly being compared to my twin. And I'm a trans woman, by the way, I think I forgot it in the beginning. My pronouns are she, her, we. Yeah, I I can't even imagine having a twin like I uh, and like just having to live up to, you know, somebody else, like whatever they excel at or whatever they differ from you for. So then add in, you know, gender. That's just a completely like mind blowing experience. I, I can't even fathom that. And, honestly. and to add, sorry, uh, but to add uh, only being 26 minutes younger than this person, like I was constantly compared to a person. Uh, that I was born on the same day with. Right. That's, right. Yeah. That has to be a lot of pressure. Yeah. I mean, I, that that's in, in all the kind of things that go around, even with that term identical twin, right? Like there's this like, you know, got to be a pressure in society that like there's an expectation you're supposed to be exactly alike, you know, even though we're just talking about genes inside the body and, 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 you know, we're not talking about how you are and your, your personality and how the world shapes you. That's, you know, that's, yeah, I can't imagine that either. Um, thank you for sharing. Yeah, man. Some people were wearing blue jeans and some people are wearing black jeans, you know? I always wanted some fucking bell bottoms, but, you know. 
Those were out of style by the time I was wearing jeans. Um, Leon, that leads us to you. All right. Can you repeat the question for me again? I sure. want to answer it as, as yeah. Uh-huh. So we we're just um, the basically it's the first time you kind of interacted with um, uh, well any kind of gender role representation. That was like you know um, your first time understanding that positive or negative. Okay. So I come from a Latin background, as I previously stated. Uh, and, uh, you know, I came to this country when I was five years old. So prior to that, I do have some memories and experiences of, of, of living with my aunties, you know, and other family friends who had to take care of me and, you know, and, and my sister, as well as a cousin of mine who was left back, back at home, you know, and, and I think the first time that I, that I, that I saw these representations of, of the roles as well as you know the toxicity that comes with 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 them uh, is when that first time when you're crying and you get smacked and you said don't cry, boys don't cry, you know and 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 not understanding why boys don't cry, you know because it's you see boys cry, you know you see evidence of boys crying everywhere, and yet you're telling boys don't cry, you know uh, because. You know, or and then that gets followed with, uh, you know, uh, boys don't do that, or boys, you know, because in my in my in my experience, it was everything boys don't do. You know, it was about uh, you can't play with that, or or you can't talk like that. And you know, when I was little, I had a you know, I had a high pitched voice. I, I I was very prone to to arts and talent and and things that 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 were performative. You know. So from an early age point, you get told that this thing that you found fun, you had absolutely no problem with, is not for you or your type because you have to fit this role that in my case, I didn't even understand because there was no daddies in my fucking family, you know? So why are we following roles that you can't even teach us what to do? Even more interesting. Right. right? Like it's, it's, it's as if... Uh, the society that I come from uh, needed to force these new kids to take on the roles that they themselves weren't able to fulfill, you know, and that fucks you up. You know, I know it definitely did me because it was like, wait, but like, cause yeah, I'm, I've, I've always been very inquisitive. I've always been asking questions. My first, my first reaction to boys don't do is why not? And if you couldn't answer that to me right, I knew that there was something valuable about what you were saying or trying to pass on, but you couldn't hold it. So it forced me to have to like partition myself into and say, okay, so I can't fully go say, fuck you, I'm going to dance and cry and do whatever I want, you know, because clearly there's something wrong here. But uh, I'm very, very well aware of the fact that you, meaning my immediate relatives, were trying to tell me and keep me on these toxic roles, right? Yeah, bullshit. This is bullshit. And, and you don't have the answers, but I'm going to find out more. You know, I, what I did not know is how long that journey was going to be and how painful it was going to be throughout that time. Because, like, you know, you realize that it's all based on bullshit, you know, and somehow we do get conditioned to like be in silence and, and, and follow suit or, or not do 
that which you wanted. You know, it's funny, Felicia, because I think we talked about that that particular thing too, the role like, you know, everybody has in like enforcing and keeping these kind of gender roles going. And in many situations, our mothers, our tias, our sisters, you know, are also helping reinforce these. Right. Like the fact that my mom cried when I said I don't want to wear dresses anymore. (laughs) Meanwhile, my father was the one like taking care of the home, doing the cooking and cleaning. Like, what the fuck? Why do we have to fall into gender? She eventually got over that. But like I was in, you know, like second grade and she like wept. Just that, like, why are we clutching our pearls? Because little girl Felicia doesn't want to wear her little girl dress. Go fuck yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Thank you for sharing, yeah, Leon. That was you. very insightful into, which actually leads me into this this next question that I have. You sort of just answered it, but we're going to feel free to tell another story or give another example. But I want everybody to tell me, was there ever a time you were reprimanded, specifically reprimanded for expressing gender differently? So whether it was childhood or, you know, as an adult, just give an example of when that has been a part of your life. So let's start with Cameron. It started off early. Um, Once again, I am a a trans goddess in a human vessel. So um, I was conditioned uh, and it started around like the age of four, the comparison was very strong by that point of like uh, my mannerisms were seen as feminine. My voice was too feminine. So what was going on at that point was I got reprimanded for anything that seemed like it wasn't up to par with my brother's masculinity. So I would get hit um, in the mouth primarily or head. Um, Shout out to CTE. Um, I I would get hit in the mouth or head uh, for anything that didn't like wasn't comparatively as masculine as my brother's actions. So what I had to do was I had to go through boy training. And uh, what that was, was like my dad, my uncles, my grandparents, uh, they kept a watchful eye on things that just seemed too feminine. If I wanted to double Dutch and they caught me doing it, I would get literally a beating. If I um, did something, uh, gestured the wrong way at the table with my hands, I would get hit. I speak with a lisp even with this uh, deep manufactured boy voice, which is also part of the reprimand. I would get hit at tables. Um, my voice was super high and I tried out for chorus and I got like the the first like chair for like sopranos. And like, I was reprimanded for getting it. I was told that I should sing uh, more of a baritone. I should sound like a baritone. Um, so when I um, started smoking cigarettes, it was primarily as a punishment because it would change my voice. So it started off at four and it lasted into my like teens until I realized that I was actually being uh, groomed to be hyper toxic masculine. That Wow, that's pretty intense stuff, honestly. Like just the, the fact that you were smoking cigarettes, which obviously we know what that can do to you. You know what I mean? And like the fact that that was something that you, you punished yourself with, like that just breaks my entire heart. Seriously. Yeah. I had to do it. I had to do it to, uh, I I wanted to take some of the, the, the pain away. Cause every time I opened my mouth at a certain point in my life, I was being reprimanded for sounding like um, I was constantly purposefully talking in a falsetto or something like that. And it was, I started smoking at 11. Jesus. I started smoking cigarettes at 11 because like somebody was like, your dad's always talking about your voice. If you want to change it, here's how. Yeah. I mean, wow. it, it's funny that the smoking thing is somewhat relatable. I, I, you know, 
not so much in the voices though but definitely i was ridiculed for that as as a kid honestly i had a one-year harasser um oh man i want to totally name that bitch but she she basically (laughs) called me a faggot every day for like half of sixth grade and like entirety of seventh grade until like somebody came in and like said something and you know one of the things she said at the meeting but like listen to him like you know a little girl's time like she's like 11 saying listen like he's a faggot because his voice is so high right and like you know and i remember like you know seeing these representations of like these men with these raspy voices and these pictures of them like the james dean kind of like feel and thinking Maybe maybe smoking cigarettes will help people stop calling me a faggot because they'll see me like looking like, you know, this man, you know, smoking it and like being tough, you know. So I hear that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you, Cameron. Um, Next up, Linwood, if you could answer that for us. You know, I don't think I was ever specifically reprimanded. I got teased a lot by classmates because I was in ballet class or I played with Barbies, which were both things that my mother and father totally supported. My mother put me in ballet class for coordination issues. And, but I remember the time that I was specifically public, like publicly shamed by somebody. Um, I couldn't have been more than 10. And I remember seeing commercials for Old Navy when the flare jeans came out. Now, my little gay self was like, oh my God, bell bottoms are back in style, you know? <laughs> and, and my mom took me to the store and we asked the clerk for them. And uh, the lady was like, I'm so sorry, those are girl jeans. Uh, and and I, I felt so embarrassed. Uh, I, I felt this great weight of shame for choosing clothes that you they never ever specifically say they're girl jeans now the entire i remember looking back and it was like oh my god the entire commercial is just girls in jeans but it didn't make it it didn't compute with me i was like i want to wear cute fucking jeans but the fact that someone uh in that was the first time i really think i saw society turn back on me and tell me that something that I wanted wasn't appropriate. It's interesting that your mother wasn't the one to do that, right? You'd think it would stop at the house, but instead it was a, a public shaming, which is a completely different flavor of shaming, if you will. We, we get all fucked up from different, you know, levels of shaming. So that's actually, that's quite sad and also quite sweet of your mother to not be the one, but also still... You know, that's that's very sad. I'm sorry. This yeah. is like therapy hour right now, I just realized. And uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Um, next up, let's ask Leon if you if you want to share another story. I know you just kind of did. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, I do have a specific story uh, that this one takes place once I'm in the United States, right? Like, so I leave Honduras when I'm five. Uh, like I said, even before I... Even bef- even after I left Honduras, I still liked, you know, my, 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 my arts, my music, my acting, you know, like it was, it was, it was, I mean, again, my mother left the, the, uh, to, to find the American dream when I was one year old, you know, and, and I, 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 I didn't really have a family per se. I didn't have that notion of what a family was. So to me, arts, 
music and, and, and television and movies, even as a little kid and imitating and, and, and acting like that was a way for me to distract myself of the fact that whatever, whatever the situations around the, around my young world are being told to me are not true, but somehow I have to keep moving on until this reunification that I, that I will one day have with my mother, you know, which does happen at five. So I come to this country and uh, I have a, a tia of mine, you know, who also migrated before. And uh, this was, you know, like that, like the, 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 the person that, that the most hated who the fuck I was. I didn't understand this because, you know, however much my aunts back, back in Honduras were telling me boys don't do this or boys don't do that. They did it they still had a little bit of love in like a, I get your situation. I get that your mom, our sister is not here. And I know that you're alone and, and, you know, so I felt a little love, even though I felt the bullshit behind the, the, the gender roles they were trying to teach me. Uh, this, this one Tia of mine, you know, like she really did not like how loquacious I was, how, you know, my, my, my answers were always, but why, you know, or, you know, but so-and-so did it, you know, and, and it was very like, I'm an adult, you know, you don't act like this, you don't do this, you don't do that, you know, and in, 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 in that journey, uh, I was always trying to figure out why this person fucking hates everything that I do, you know, I'm just a child, you know, it doesn't stop me because, because, you know, however sad a lot of these stories that we're all sharing are, you know, to me, and we've all felt them. I, I, I felt the whole, the genes part, you know, cause I've been there in several ways with a toy or something, you know, that it, it, it doesn't make, it, it didn't allow me to give up. I was still stubborn. So one year, uh, uh, this, this aunt of mine invites me to go to Disney, Disney World in, uh, in Disney World's in Florida, right? <laughs> That's the one in Florida. So yes. We go to Florida, you know, uh, and, and, and I've always known the, de the deal from the start. She's not paying anything. It's all my parents. And, I've, and I, that, that's, that was always empowering for me to understand that my parents were paying for it. You just invite me by lip service. And that's it. So we go to Florida and, you know, I'm, I, I meet some relatives of her that, that, that she was introducing all of us, me and her two kids with. But she is a, she, this aunt of mine has always been a, like the most conflicting person in the family, you know, the black sheep of the family and, 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 and yet the one that we all had to put up with. So she's there and there's a moment in which it's like eight, nine o'clock at night and, and everybody has to go to sleep. But she goes, you know, we were kids, we're playing and I don't know what I was doing, but it pissed her off. And she's like, you should all go to sleep right now. You know, like it's a. It's, it's late and, you know, I'm, you know, and if you don't go to sleep and stop playing on that swing, I'm going to give you a whooping. So I stood up to her and that was, that was my sin. I stood up to her and I said, you can whip your two kids, but you cannot hit me because first of all, you're not my mother. And second of all, my mother says that you cannot talk to me. You or any other person cannot talk to me like that. And third, you're not even paying for my trip. I'm paying for my, my mom is paying for my food. My, my dad is paying for my entrances. And this fucked with her. She looked at me because she did this in a way that tried to shame me in front of these, these people who were being, we were being the guests of in this place, right? And uh, 
after we come back from this trip, it's like she had a vendetta against me. And I don't know what happened between me coming back from the trip and 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 the moment in which my mother says, I want to talk to you, you know, one like, you know, Friday afternoon. And I'm like, okay, what about, you know, she's like, so I've been talking to your Tia and um, she says that she's seen things in you, you know, in the way that you talk and, and the mannerisms that you utilize that that are troubling to her. So uh, I want I want you to consider going to uh, uh, you know a a, 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 psychi- a psychologist or psychiatrist you know and like I knew I could get away with a lot you know with my with my aunts back in Honduras and the asking why I can't do this why I can't do that and not doing it but understanding that they were dumb the minute that psychologist or medical professional gets thrown at me at this point. I fucking froze. I mean, I looked at my mother and I just, I remember I just started crying and I said, what? You think I'm crazy? You know? And, and I under, I, I, I noticed a little bit of a hypocrisy on my mother's side as well, because she didn't have the fucking boss to look at me and say, I have a problem with the way you're acting because people are telling me that you're acting a way that is wrong. So rather than to own up to it, I'm going to say that your Tia, who we all know is a fucking, you know, nasty person to everybody, she has a concern for you, you know? So it was a bit of an injustice to me that that just shocked the shit out of me because I thought, okay, so this is some serious shit. Like, yeah, what a fucking scary thing to threaten your kid with. Right. You know, and I I started crying to my mom and I said, wow, like, this is why you brought me. I I was perfectly fine where I was. Not like you're making me feel like a crazy person. You make I'm only seven years old, you know, because I was seven at that time. And I thought, wow, like, like. This is definitely far from the, the 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 American dream that everybody had, you know, told this little Latin boy he was about to enter. You know, and it, 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 it's it 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 really fucked with me, you know, because because after that I I started moderating who who I was. I started editing everything about myself, and I dro- I dropped out of. I dropped out of, uh, you know, my, 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 my arts program, everything that I was doing that made me happy was dropped, you know, little by little until I became a shell of the person that I knew I was inside, you know? And, and I think that the injustice for me was because you are, you as adults are, are, you know, accusing and, and, and hurting kids so early on for things that many of us don't even understand. I didn't understand this concept of what is wrong. Sex wasn't even taught to me yet. And you're 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 making me feel like something is wrong inside my mind for something that you the grown-ups have not gotten together. You know, it's interesting because like this this self-editing that queer folks often end up having to do is like, you know, uh we're talking about this the other day, just even this question of process that one has to go through when they're thinking about their queerness compared to the rest of the world is all of a sudden run through this evaluation of, uh, you know, what's, is there something wrong with me? Who am I going to lose if I express my true self in the world? Who is not going to love me anymore because, because of these feelings and like self-editing, no matter who I talk to in the community, this is something, one of the common bonds we all share or traumas we all share amongst each other of like having to question 
how we sound, how we walk, how we look, how we move, what we like. Um, and it's, it is really unfortunate. Thank you for sharing that, Leon. Um, Blake, do you have an answer for that question? So was there ever a time you were reprimanded for expressing gender differently than you were expected to, whether as an adult or kid? Um, not as a kid at all. Um, definitely me, not like with my family at all, I was reprimanded. Um, playground, like typical elementary school playground, people will throw out the word faggot at me or fag, just trying not to get involved in the, into a fist fight. And people would just like call me out for being like, you know, a coward. And they would just throw in like the faggot term, terminology at me. But until one day I just had enough and started to fight back. As an adult, um, yeah, I was questioned a lot. Not just by like, not at all by family or friends, but with significant others, they were questioning my masculinity at the time when I had a fiance that nobody knew about until maybe three years after we broke up. And yes, she was very toxic in a way where it's just, she was verbally abusive emotionally abusive and physically abusive and I hate to admit it one day I had enough of two and a half years of that and I struck back at her I pushed her down the ground down to the ground I had enough I hated to do that I never ever done that to anybody before in my life and it sucked it sucked I want to say her name but I'm not going to I really want to say her name. Um, recently, um, recently, I guess she found, she's still a mutual friend with one of my friends and they just completely muted her like the fuck you button on Facebook. And then she fucking had to say like, she, I let her say whatever. I didn't say anything back. It was my entertainment for the day. This was like a couple months ago where she was just going on this rant saying like she had to go for a test and everything after the fact when she found out that I'm with a man. And I'm like, bitch, really? You are really making this about yourself? Oh, and so she's homophobic too. That's nice. It's very fucking homophobic. Yeah, she was very homophobic. And yeah, um, she fucking hated everybody. That was the problem with her. She hated everybody. I wanted to change her. But you know what? There was no need to change her because you know what? She was in her own little I mean, world. I mean, it, it's tough. It's like similar to like how I was telling you, you know, about the, the, the girl from middle school, you know, everybody, you know, when, when I start thinking about these things older in life, you know, everybody's under these social pressures, right? And one of those social pressures <laughs> is for us to police one another and to keep each other in line when we're not following the rules that are being pre prescribed to us by, you know, that 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 status quo of society around these kind of things and you know and it's hard for me to still be angry at a little girl you know don't know where she is in the world now mm -hmm. um likely probably not too far from where she was because her parents didn't really seem to like you know disagree too much with like to or be too exasperated about what's being said but you know that kind of 
those upbringings and those things and these policing of each other, they, they are an unfortunate like, reality. And it's one of the reasons for these conversations, because I'm always saying, I wonder if we just dropped this expectation around this, if like at least like the youth could at least learn not to be uh, policing this. It wouldn't mean we still have our problems and representations of this everywhere, but like, you know, we've taught other little kids to hurt little kids around these things. And we've taught people to bring that into their relationships and stuff. And it's, it's really unfortunate. Yeah, it is, it is. So I wanted to like, uh, so this question may not apply to everybody, but what I wanted to do is ask everybody, the first time they kind of um, remember experimenting with their gender in any kind of way or thinking about their gender differently and 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 kind of how, how that felt for them. Uh, let's start with... Dun, dun, dun. Let's start with Cameron. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think I experimented a lot. The experimentation was more of an implementation of uh, training. Mm. So I noticed the difference between myself and other cis boys at four, at four years old. And most people don't like really like take into account that children start to develop an awareness of their gender in the world at a formative age. And most of the time that age is around four. Most trans people, not all, but most trans people will tell you around the ages of three or four. So at four years old, once again, being compared uh, to my my twin brother, I realized that there were things about him and it wasn't like the rudimentary things. It wasn't like the toys he played with. It wasn't um, his friends or like uh, the games that he liked to play. It was the overall energy that he kind of possessed that I just realized because of comparison that we, we, we didn't have, we didn't share. Uh, we both look alike. We both speak alike. We both go to the same places. Um, but there was just something that was super different and i thought that just being myself was enough but the experimentation part would be something that was forced on me i was forced to become a boy i was forced to mimic and i was forced um to um infiltrate and it gave me uh imposter syndrome when i was really young because i knew i wasn't this thing and having to be around being forced to be in circles with other boys, being forced to do uh, what will be considered air quotes, boy activity. I realized that my experimentation was controlled. So that, that was, um, it was, I, I never, I knew who I was when I was young. So there was no need for experimentation <clears throat> on my part. And whenever I did, um, experiment like or hair or if i wanted to just be a little bit more of myself around certain people it always became a, a point of punishment so i just didn't do it yeah i guess and, and thank you for thank you for like kind of rewording that I, I, you know it's a question one wants to ask but it's it's not you know experimenting isn't always the right the right way to describe it you know sometimes it's like feeling like you're able to you know, just be honest about express it. Yeah, more right. expressive than experiment, you know, experimentation. Thank you, Cameron. Yeah, my expression was suppressed. Like it wasn't a situation where I could, uh, I, uh, there was one time where I decided I was going to wear a skirt 
in like I want to say seventh grade and not only was I like ridiculed by every person that day including my twin brother uh, but I was also beat uh, like mercilessly once I got home so I learned really early on that my expression had to be something that was done uh, um, on a more minute level something that was done in secret and it became a, a thing that I had to be ashamed of yeah I'm sorry for that um, thank you, Cameron. Neon, um, what about yourself? Well, growing up in New York City, you know, because it is cosmopolitan and, and you know, fashion is it, it works differently there. There are things there are things that come around that a lot of a lot of cultures and people who are new to the city will look at and say, well, no, that that's 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 kind of feminine or that's kind of masculine for either or, right? Uh, doesn't fly. Uh, I remember at some point during like middle school. I, you know, I, I decided I was going to let my hair grow, you know, because I wanted, I wanted uh, cornrows, you know, everybody was getting cornrows and I wanted cornrows and I thought it was going to look good on me. And I had tons of friends who would do it. So I did it, you know, and then that followed with uh, things that were more like piercings, right? Like piercings were still a thing in, in back in, in, in my times growing up that, you know, not every guy was willing to go out there and do because, you know, little kids in school were going to, there's still a potential for somebody to call you something that you weren't going to like, you know? Um, and I went and I did it. I, you know, I, I, I got my first piercing. I got a couple of piercings done during that time. And those were my little small attempts at telling the society that I knew was hurting me because it wasn't allowing me to fully blossom into whatever I wanted to be. Because to me, it didn't matter what y'all had made it, you know, it mattered what I wanted to do, you know? So I, I expressed it through fashion for a while, but even prior to that, in, in my own private alone time, uh, even when I was, a, you know, way younger than, than middle school, I, you know, I began to anthropomorphize, you know, whatever action figures or cars or anything that I was doing with, like I, you know, it's part of like what my creative brain turned inward in order to allow, you know, the characteristics of a, fem a, 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 a female and, you know, what that, what that characteristic could be, you know, uh, uh, imaginatively, right? Uh, um, so those were the little ways in which I would do it. I would do it secretly and like, you know, playing with, with my own toys and giving them each characters and names and, 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 and storylines and stuff. But, you know, in the, in, 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 on the outside perspective, like, you know, yeah, I did utilize that time through middle school, through high school to say, I'm going to wear the fashions, let my hair grow, you know, and, and, and just try different things that, that I like. And, 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 and I wasn't you know, entirely uh, protected from New York City because I did I did have people tell me, you know, nasty things because of a piercing that I had. Because I remember when I got my tongue pierced, you know, at, at 13 or 14, uh, like, you know, a tongue piercing was, meant that you like to suck dick you know, and it was, it was, it was something that you just didn't do as a guy, you know, and like, I wanted to do it because, you know, I thought it was cool and, and I kind of wanted to be up for the challenge a little, but you know, you know, there were times in which you did feel the hurt from the commentary going around because there's a half that will be like, wow, 
you're out there, you're putting it, that's cool, it looks cool. And then there's the other half that didn't like what you had the balls to fucking do, which was to go against the grain. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I had to play with toys in secret too. I played with my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles behind closed doors and my Barbies out out of the bedroom. It was very interesting, actually. I just had like a random flashback in my head to that, and it is true. I, I was very secretive about my quote-unquote boy they could toys. Never, I like to think that they could never keep it away from us, you know, no matter how much they try to, to whip us into line, there's got to be something beautiful about the, 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 the soul. Because, you know, I'm a very spiritual person in that sense, you know. It's the soul that says, mm-mm, this is bullshit. But I know that y'all build a fucked up system that will squash the shit out of me. So I'm going to dig in and play with myself and my toys at three or four, you know, and, and, and think, you know, reimagine sometimes, reconceptualize what the world could be. And I think that's what scares, you know, whomever allows the continuance of, of, these, of, of, of these roles that we have to all try to fit into. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, Blake, what about yourself? Um, not so much experimentation growing up as an adolescent. Um, have I thought about it as a, as a teenager? Yes. Um, never acted upon it because I was always putting myself down. Like, who would want me, really? Like, I was like, look at myself here in the mirror. Like, who would want me? Um, when it came to everything in secretive, um, I would always discuss. I was always having like two sets of music on my on my playlist. There would be football locker room. Uh, headbanger, thrash metal style music and rap music and there'll be um, dance club music on my other playlist so it was like a duality I would have completely grown up especially playing football and you know you don't want to be labeled as that person like wait a minute what is this guy doing here um, yeah definitely was I on the low down? Yes, I was growing up as a teen, big time. And finally, I just had to say to myself to, at 20-something years old, like, stop living a lie. You've been holding this on for 10 years. Just come out already. And and that's it right there. That's That's how my life began. And then you got to combine your iPod music. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Blake. Then what? You're up. Well, thing is, and there wasn't much experimentation. It felt like um, I did know, it, or at least I felt like I was very aware early on that I was different. That I I wasn't everyone else's boy, quote unquote. Uh, I'm a lot of fashion and a lot of uh, um, wearing different clothes came in the form of a lot of dress up. A lot of um, we're putting on a show or we're you know, pretending to be somebody. I mean, even at uh, the preschool level, um, to give you more background, I, I'm originally uh, born and raised in Ohio. So how I came out 
the way I am, I'm not exactly sure, <laughs> but I, I felt very protected by my family, by my parents, because uh, my there is photographic evidence. My mom came to pick me up from preschool one day, and one of the teachers said, you have to come see this. This is so precious. Uh, and it was a, a dress-up day, pulling clothes from the trunk and whatnot. And there I was wearing a, a little pink dress with a burgundy curly wig and a purse over one arm, like Aww. it was like a, you know, just dressing up to be like mommy. And, and my mom thought it was so adorable and, and didn't think too much of it. So I, I uh, give her a lot of credit for being so open and so caring and understanding of me. Um, but I really didn't accept being that different un until I was in high school, when I could admit that, yes, I had a lot of CDs and videos of movie musicals, and every so often I could paint my nails. I started growing my hair out when I was a freshman in high school, and I spray painted it different colors. Um, but I, I, it wasn't until I really got there, until I got to the, the high school level that I started leaning into that and finding more of that expression. Um, it would still take me a, a while to really admit that I was queer, but I, I feel very grateful and thankful to the people that were around me that saw, um, I guess, it, you know, when I was a kid, you would be called artistic. <laughs> if anyone, you know, relates to that, that, that you were, oh, you were very creative. You were, um, a, I, I took that and I, I applied it to theatrics and being on stage and singing and dancing and whatnot. Uh, and then once I finally got into college, then I really started to um, ask the bigger questions. But uh, it, it's such an interesting balance between that whole what you know and where, how you fold it in with truly asking yourself that question and and even against how you bring that out of yourself that's so interesting and that actually leads me and thank you for answering that actually leads me to the next question which well i mean a lot of you actually g gave the lead into this next question and I want you to really think about how you feel about it obviously there is no right or wrong answer here so don't feel like you need to like you know be like uh, science sound, if you will, but in your experience, in your life, do you believe gender is innate? And what I mean by that is, do you think it's natural? Do you believe you're born with some kind of predisposition to masculinity, femininity, or non-binary behaviors and interests? Is this something that you think that, you know, it's, it's all nature or is nurture a part of it as well and society and outside sources? Or do you really think you're like born this way? because that was one of the questions we ran into and I'm just interested to hear other people's perspectives and, and how they feel personally. So let's start with Blake. What do you think about that? Um, I really think it's by nature rather than nurture. Uh, to me, nurture is how your parents not groom you, but evolve you of who to be in life. Uh, they, I think parents know Good parents know or would know that um, what's right just by how their child is 
naturally. At least that's what I was growing you know, up with because my parents. Very nicely said. Because I was going to say, you know, the good parents are like, just let them be who they're going to be, right? You know, and, and, and that is a beautiful thing. And the rare opportunities we get to see that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to, like, I am who I am. I have no gender role at all. Like, at all. I'm non, I identify as non-binary and pansexual. I have no allegiance to any gender role at all in my life is what I want to say. Um, when it comes to the, and again, to the nurture, that's my parents shaping me of the, the person I am supposed to be in my life. And yeah, it took a while for me to figure out who I was. And I thank my parents every day for trying to show me of who I was, but it took a while because we were always button heads and having disagreements on everything in life. Well, thank you for sharing that, Blake. I always find it, this question very interesting because it's definitely based on life experience, in, in my opinion, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, Linwood, what do you think? Do you think that gender is an innate thing? I think that it relies heavily on the innate nature of it all. I do think that nurture plays its part. Um, I mean, I am non-binary gender fluid, so my gender can change on a dime from one hour to the next. So uh, it is heavily dependent upon how I feel and where I am in space as opposed to everybody else, wh- whether I am femleaning or masculineing or not at all or both or all at the same time. Um, I-, I think that there's some very interesting things to be said about the fact that a lot of it, uh, you know, we, we are still giving words and language to these kinds of concepts and uh, a lot of them are still very new, at least for our personal society. We're, we're gaining uh, new labels and uh, different pronouns and different ideas. Um, but it's all stuff that ha- is self-imposed from society. There's still a lot that I believe is um, we can't quantify. We can't give it the, um, the weight that it truly deserves because one word you know every single person is different and our experiences are different from everybody else the only people uh, who can give it that sort of quality is the person who's experiencing it uh, and mm-hmm. but what it, through society and through the different um machinations therein that allow us to give it something to uh, to um we may not you have the full definition of it or it may not be a clear-cut definition from one person to the next but at least it can give us a little bit of categorization and um labeling from an outside perspective like what i'm hearing is we're still very much you know we have to we're working within the construct because that's the construct that's here right and you know, the more we push against it, hopefully we can change the way that construct looks, so it is more inclusive of the way actual people in humanity feel, right? 
Yeah, that next generation of kids, like, after this one, I feel like there's not going to be genders anymore. Everybody's going to be like, erase that shit, you know? Well, at least, in, I hope, cross, fingers crossed. All right, um, thank you for sharing that, Linwood. Cameron, let us know your thoughts. Is this some nature or is this some nurture? Or is it both? Um, I think nature is affected by constructs. Um, I am wholeheartedly in belief that what I am is part of nature, that it comes from a space that cannot be explained by a binary, that it comes from a place that is very old and arcane. Uh, the binary and gender roles are younger than than my existence, than the people like me's existence. It's very young and it's in, it's enforced upon nature the same way that stripping land is enforced upon mm -hmm. forests that like uh, Exxon pouring oil into oceans is enforced upon the water. It's the way that we like smokestack poison into the sky. Nature is affected uh, by the inhabitants who have the ability to create constructs. What I am is uh, a very special mixture of stars and mm. space and water. And, um, and it's a very spiritual thing. And I, there, there's no way that this could have been nurtured by anyone around me because you've heard my life story already. My, my, my life story wasn't very nurturing and beyond all the things that were impressed or, uh, or almost impressed upon me as a child, I still became this thing because nature is inevitable. I'm inevitable. The existence of non-binary trans people, a spectrum itself is inevitable. And us trying to put labels on those things is uh, passed down from the hands of oppressive um people who have, don't have the intention of respecting nature in its fullest like uh, representation. I, I believe that my gender uh, was given to me specifically by nature itself, by Gaia, by the gods, whatever you would like to call it. My, my nature is, is innate. My nature is innate mm. and it can be influenced. But at the end of the day, I am, I am inevitable. There's no, there's no guess, second guessing what I am. There was no choice in the matter when I opened my eyes upon the first time I was brought onto this hellscape. I was Camrayeen, and then the world tried to influence me otherwise. That's fucking beautiful. So for anybody listening right now uh, and not watching, we all were bobbing our head yes and snapping and, uh, on mute. So that was beautifully played. My Thank you, Cameron. Like that was, I, I also agree wholeheartedly with you, and but it was just, you articulated that in just this ethereal my way. My, Thank you so much. My nature is innate is my favorite fucking quote from this. I, like it's... It, I think we just got our title of our episode. No <laughs> Thank you, Cam. Um, and to finish this question off, Leon, how do you feel about this? Is this nature, nurture, or both? I was saying that to me, I think it's a little bit about of both because, you know, uh, I see myself as energy. That's how I've learned to see myself after going through the journey that I accept and 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 believe now and as I move forward in the future, you know, uh, it, it's 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 energy is to me the world is queer. It's 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 actually nature, you know. Gaia is queer, you know, 
everything that comes from her that is living is queer because it's 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 what I meant when I said earlier when I introduced myself about being in constant evolution, you know, and I and I think that the binary that 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 has been uh, 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 taught to us it it it's you know I've learned to accept that as 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 the the obstacle that will con you know constantly be thrown at different life forms in 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 this rhythm and system of of, of how we you know the, the circle of life if you will right. Uh, it's sad that it's been that it's been done by our own species, you know, as as without necessity because we didn't need to do this to ourselves. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, there is there really is no gain in, in 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 numbers in that sense or in fiat currencies or whatever we learn to create as economy or economics. You know, because a lot of this has to do about this. You know, it's about I won't eat, I won't survive. Or I, you know, I won't thrive if I don't go left or right in this binary, you know. But you know, it, it, it's 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 about what you want to make it, though. You know, in the end, it's 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 how strong you you will fucking fight this oppression that is going to be the 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 win you know, uh, of, of, of that evolution, you know, because it, someone's always going to try to step in your way, you know, someone or something. It's sad that it's ourselves doing it to each other, you know, but yeah, I, to me, it's, it's, it's a little bit of both because I've learned how to deal. I'm learning how to deal with, with these roles and, 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 you know, and these have to make left or right kind of choices. While at the same time, understanding that, like Cam said, it's innate. You know, and you can't fucking stop it, you know, because it's been here for billions of years, you know, according to your own scientist, you know? Absolutely. It doesn't matter how many times I get obsessed with wearing dresses and doing my full face of makeup. I always go home and put on jeans, a t-shirt and nothing. And just that's that's who I am. And I feel like it's been my entire life. I just I've never strayed away from jeans and a motherfucking t-shirt and that's my gender period point blank so those are my pronouns or jeans t-shirt all right aaron do we have yes. one more question um our last question because you know we, we we're called the screw so we have some questions that are sometimes around sex and and in this question i invite positive and negative answers but um you know and negative in the sense like it doesn't have to be a sex story, but if you have a story around uh, gender in your sex life, um, either good or bad, and if it's good and it's a sexy story, feel you are welcome to share it. Um, and, you know, think about it for a second, gnaw on it while I decide who to ask this question to first. I'm going to ask Blake. Um, okay. <laughs> Um, when I was like in my, in my twenties, uh, nothing like fishnets or anything, just light BDSM play like handcuffs and whips, you know, little whips here and there. That's about it really. Well, did you, did you give up power in any sense? Because often gender and power are tied in together. Um, yes, I have a handful of times. Yes. There you go. That's a good answer. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> good answer. But about yourself. You know, it's interesting because in the last maybe five or six years, 
uh, I have been getting very heavily into BDSM. Uh, I've spent a lot of time becoming a BDSM practitioner and understanding that world. And I've been pulling more gender and uh, especially drag. I, I have brought my drag into BDSM in several instances uh, because it really does fascinate me how our mannerisms can change, how we can hold ourselves differently, uh, the kind of roles that we put ourselves in. I think there's still more to be done because the, the BDSM world is very dichotomous. There's a, um, I'm interested in, in researching how um, non-binary and gender and uh, differing uh, facets of gender can be displayed or how we can express those uh, besides just boy, girl, master, mistress, the, the very divided world. Um, but I, I love that I can bring that, that I can wear fishnets and heels or full makeup or something that changes the way that I approach uh, a scene or a partner or um, how I utilize my toys. I think there's something very big there. And I, I'm glad that I get the chance to do that. Thank you very much for sharing. Uh, Leon, what about yourself? Oh my God, where do I end? <laughs> because I have done so much of that. Like, like in 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 that sense. Uh, do you have I, like a favorite story that you, you want to tell us? Oh, it's too dirty. Some of them are too dirty. <laughs> Listen, I found one of my old dresses under you and Aaron's bed. So, I, mean, I almost took it home because I thought I packed it when I was staying in your bedroom. I literally was like, wait. And then I was like, oh, no, this doesn't fit me anymore. That's right. I gave this to Aaron Look, a long, I've, long time ago. <laughs> I'll, t I'll tell you this. I've done a lot of cross-dressing uh, 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 both my with myself and my lovers, you know, in 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 a very celebratory manner, you know, in, in a way that says fuck all of social fucking norms that try to keep us from enjoying ourselves, you know, at different times of our lives, doing something that they had no right to do, but you know. Kudos to us for the fact that right now we are fucking, we are being filthy, and we are and we are celebrating this moment in which we got to say, ha ha, jokes on you. Cause it didn't work. You know, it didn't work. Fuck yeah. Good answer. I'm biased. Hell yeah. Um, Sounds like a very <laughs> celebratory. <laughs> I like how you're like, I'm not gonna tell any stories on this, but you know, <laughs> wink. <laughs> Now, Cameron, what is what is a story you would like to tell or, you know, an example that you want to give? Um, <clears throat> as a uh, trans woman, um, gender has uh, affected my uh, sexuality in such a way. I am pansexual. I am attracted to just about anything. Um, but as a trans woman, attraction and sex have become a minefield of dangers and microaggressions. Um, I've spoke about this on the screw before. Um, I have, I'm abstinent currently, and it's not like by choice, it's kind of like forced. Um, my last sexual encounter would have been 
five years ago, and it's the only one in a t almost a 10 year span. So what's been going on is that I was in that five years, I've only been sexually active once it wasn't even considered intimacy. Uh, as a trans woman, what happens to me is I'm put into what's called the man suit. I'm expected to act a certain way because I am a fetish and not a person to most people. So there's this huge centering around uh, the possibilities of my genitalia. There's always um, this um, contrived thought process of what role I'm going to play in sexual activity. Um, if I don't have a penis, I'm not appealing to some. If I do have one, I'm overly appealing to others. And um, it hasn't been positive for me. Um, the binary commits sexual violence against trans people because it gives people this idea that we're a commodity and like a tool to be used, not actual people. And for some people that works for me, it doesn't. It has been so many years since like I've actually been intimate with a person. And it's not that I don't crave those things. It's that it's a risk for me. It's a danger physically. It's a danger emotionally. And um, that's been super, super rough for me. That's pretty much what I have currently. Thank you, Cameron, for sharing that. I mean, it's such a vulnerable experience to share, and I really appreciate you coming on to talk about stuff like this. You know, we often think, ooh, sex, hee hee, fun topic, blush, blush, hee hee, I did this, or maybe I did that. But there's, you know, it's not fun for everybody, and it's often not fun for people based on things like this. So I really do appreciate you sharing this information with us. Um, so this is the time where we actually wrap up the call. It was so lovely to talk to all of you. And honestly, thank you for all being super Absolutely. vulnerable. I mean, you shared a lot of intimate details about your lives, your experiences with masculinities and gender in general. And I just, I can't thank you all enough for being on the show. So the last thing that I want us to do is if anybody has any final closing thoughts, you don't have to have any final closing thoughts, but if there's something that you maybe wanted to add, feel free to do so now just regarding the topic in general. And then along with that, if you could let us know where to find you online and or how to support you in a general sense. All right, let's start with Blake first. Um, to the future parents out there for the next generation, for future generations, let your kids be, let your kids be kids. Let them be human. Don't be an asshole. Awesome. Where can, where, Amen to that. And Seriously. where can we find you if you want to be found, Blake? Um, on my Instagram, uh, poet underscore Blake. Um, currently in Twitter jail right now for um, <laughs> going after assholes in the GOP. So I uh, don't know how long I'm going to be on Twitter jail for. <laughs> Beautiful. Lovely. <laughs> Uh, all right, Linwood, if you could give us your socials and also if you have any closing thoughts. I think my closing thought would have to be that don't get hung up on how it's supposed to look. We're supposed to evolve. We're supposed to change. It doesn't have to have a set structure. It doesn't have a timeline. It can be as early, as late, as many times as you... Uh, change and grow and learn new things about yourself there, there's no sense in comparing yourself to someone else because you are the only person that you are 
So give yourself some credit, cut yourself some slack. And uh, as Blake said, let yourself be whoever you're going to be. And uh, you can find me just about all over the place on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, all, uh, all under uh, Linwood McLeod, or if you search my drag persona, Shirley U. Jest. Uh, I've been putting everything under the handle Think Out Loud. That's L-E-O-D, because my last name is McLeod. Uh, think Out Loud 360. But if you look up Linwood or Shirley, you are bound to find me somewhere. Awesome. Thank you so much, Linwood. Cameron, if you could give us any closing thoughts and your socials, how to find you and how to support you. Uh, final thought, the binary is bullshit. Um, fight me if you've got a problem with that. Um, you can find me every other Monday at uh, the podcast uh, Tranos uh, and the Lived Experience. My socials are on Instagram. It's at Tranos Lives, T-R-A-N-O-S-L-I-V-E-S. Um, on TikTok, it is Tranos Pod. Uh, figure that shit out if you don't know how to spell Tranos Pod. I don't got time for that shit. Um, once again, it's Tranos and the Lived Experience. Um, check out my show every other Monday at 6 a.m., on your ride to work with your goofy ass. I know I talk a little fast, but if you listen a little faster, I don't have to slow down for you to catch up. (laughs) Amen. Thank you. Thank you again, Cameron. And just a reminder to everybody, everybody a part of this podcast today is a part of new queer order. So follow us online as well. Uh, Leon, any closing thoughts and where can we find you and support Uh, you? Final thoughts. Never stop searching for your freedom. Never stop searching for your happiness. Be who you want to be. Uh, like, like it's been said, this is bullshit. It's all bullshit, you know, and it's not going to stop. The journey is not going to be easy, you know, for many, uh, hopefully it's, it's easier for most, but you know, never, never stop because it's, 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 that, that's what evolution is all about, you know, and, and that's, that, that's what we're all here for to, to, to be part of everything. When, when we're left in these binary roles, we, we get stuck. And it's that's an unfulfilled life. You don't want that at the Oof. end, you know. So that's my message. And check us out at newqueerorder.com. Yeah, yeah. Thank everybody. Thank you all. Woo. Thank you. Thank you all for inspiring me. I Fuck feel yeah. inspired right now. No. Thank you. Seriously. Thank you, everybody, for being on. And Aaron, do you have anything to add um, before we close out? I want to thank everybody for, um, as Leanne said, everybody that you're hearing right now is on the newqueerorder.com website on one level or another. So check it out there. Um, support, um, you know, each other as much as possible. We've come off a rough few years and a lot of people are hurting in different ways. And I've had my ups and downs myself. Um, and I appreciate you all for being a part of my life. Aww. Thanks everybody for tuning into the screw podcast with Felicia Rose and a love this week. We talked about masculinities, but go back and listen to all of our other episodes because we get really deep and dirty and we talk about real nasty shit. Also make sure you support everybody that was on this episode. I love you all. <laughs> Goodbye. Peace. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.